Welcome, friends, to this episode of Footsteps of the Messiah. This podcast is dedicated to biblical understanding of the biblical cycle, halakhic understanding, the scriptures pointing to the Messiah, and our belief is that Yeshua is the Messiah, just to be clear. But this is also a teaching mechanism for not only us to understand as uh, teachers, whether it's just myself or co-host, uh, to dig deeper into the halacha and the midrash and the um, extra biblical commentary and teachings of the millennia of sages that we have at our disposal, but also to give insight into first century understanding and pre-Yeshua and post-Yeshua observances and um, the culture, the geography, the archaeology even. Uh, we'll be doing some episodes in the coming week or so uh, during the high holidays on the current red heifer uh, shipment to Israel and doing some investigation and study on that. So let's go ahead and jump into the holiday, which is approximately 27 hours away. Uh, actually less than that. Yeah, yeah, 25, 26, 27 hours away. Rosh Hashanah 2022. And yes, maybe you call it Yom Torah if you want to be more specific to the title given in Leviticus 23. But the title Rosh Hashanah is actually in the Bible. And let's see if we can jump over there and find it. I believe it is in the book of Ezra or Nehemiah or Ezekiel. Let's see if we can find it real quick. Let's see. So I may have to table that because... There is no way to pause this recording on this tool that I'm using, but trust me when I say I will find it, and yeah, I'm not seeing it readily available. Uh, it's kind of interesting because Yom Kippur, which kind of is coming up, is called Yom HaKippurim, the Day of Atonement, plural. So let's see, other names for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Yeah, I don't think this article is going to have it, so I apologize. I jumped into something that I didn't have the source on, which I don't love doing that. But be as it may, try one more time. Where is the name Rosh Hashanah in the Bible? And Rosh Hashanah in the Bible, Ezekiel 40, verse 1. Yep. Okay, why is Rosh Hashanah called the Feast of Trumpets? This is from an article by learningreligions.com slash feast dash of dash trumpets. So, in the Bible, Rosh Hashanah, or, Jewish, or the Jewish New Year, is also called Feast of Trumpets. Uh, the, feast, the festival begins the high, the Jewish high holidays. I really don't like, it's not just Jews, it's biblical. The biblical high holidays and 10 days of repentance are days of awe, the awesome days, with the blowing of the ram's horn, the shofar calling God's people to repent from their sins. During Rosh Hashanah synagogue services, the trumpet traditionally sounds 100 notes. It's also the start of the civil year in Israel. It is a solemn day of soul-searching, forgiveness, repentance, and remembering God's judgment, as well as a joyful day of celebration, looking forward to God's goodness and mercy in the new year. So I would beg to differ with this author because you should have been doing the solemn days of soul searching for and seeking forgiveness from your fellow man and woman and kids, children, etc., 
and repentance. The last 29 days, friends. Rosh Hashanah is not the time to do that. Rosh Hashanah is game day. Dress rehearsal was for the past 29 days. Rosh Hashanah is you got your time to come to court and plead your case to the judge. And we have the most merciful Abharachamim, Father of Mercies, as our judge, uh, the Shofet Hachaim, the, the judge of life and judge of lives. So anyway, it goes into Rosh Hashanah customs, which we're going to talk about in this other article. And uh, that was the answer to the question. Okay, here we go. Festival of Trumpets is recorded in the book of Vayikra, Leviticus 23, verse 23 through 25. Also in Numbers 29, verses 1 through 6. The term Rosh Hashanah, meaning the beginning of the year, appears only in Ezekiel 40, verse 1, where it refers to the beginning of the year. Okay, well, I believe that is actually the festival that that passage is talking about. But you can read it yourself, Ezekiel 40. All right. So, moving back to the original article, this is called Rosh Hashanah 2022 FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions from Chabad.org. Okay, so we're going to cover, when is Rosh Hashanah 2022? When is Shofar blowing? Can you make a chart showing what to do when? What are the Rosh Hashanah greetings? What do we do the day before? May we cook and bake on the holiday if you're Shomer Shabbos? Uh, and when to light candles on Rosh Hashanah 2022? How is Rosh Hashanah Eve observed? When and how to dip the apple in honey. When to do Tashlich in 2022. What happens on the second day. And how do we make Havdalah. Okay. When is Rosh Hashanah 2022? Rosh Hashanah, which ushers in the Jewish year 5783, starts just before sundown on Sunday, September 25th, 2022. And ends after nightfall on Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. Now, I'm going to insert something here in case we don't cover it in this article. Rosh Hashanah was, was termed by the sages to be one long day. Uh, it's two days, um, largely in part. There's some different interpretations, but uh, and they're all, I think, very spiritual. But one in particular is it's the only festival that falls on a new moon. Okay, It falls on the beginning of the month. No other festival falls on the first of any month. Uh, another interpretation or idea is that it confuses the Satan. It confuses uh, the dark realm of Satan and does not allow him to interrupt the resurrection of the dead that is seen as taking place on Rosh Hashanah of the year 6001 on the biblical slash Jewish calendar. Uh, another reason is you have one day for personal repentance and seeing the judge, seeing, you know, having God judge and evaluate your heart, your actions, your words, your deeds, your thoughts for the past year and to open the gates for blessings for the coming year. And day two is for national removal of judgment, national seeking of mercy and grace and for a good decree for the year to come. All right, so observed on the day God created Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, it's celebrated as the head of the Jewish year. Excuse me, the central observance of Rosh Hashanah is blowing the shofar. Rosh Hashanah festivals traditionally include a round challah bread studded with raisins and apples dipped in honey, as well as other foods that symbolize our wishes for a sweet year. Second paragraph, 
When is the Shofar blowing on Rosh Hashanah 2022? Excuse me. This year, the Shofar is blown on both days of Rosh Hashanah. Yay! Monday, September 26th, and Tuesday, September 27th. Ideally, during morning services in the synagogue, it is a mitzvah to hear the Shofar both days. Now, let me make sure you heard that. It is a mitzvah to hear the shofar both days. You don't, you're not commanded to blow it. A lot of us can't even blow it. Like, it's very hard to get a sound out of it for some people. If you are unable to attend services, please contact a rabbi to arrange for a home visit, which can take place anytime before sundown. Okay, here is a chart showing what to do and when. On Rosh Hashanah Eve, September 25th. 18 minutes before sunset, you say the Shehechianu. Blessed are you, Lord, blessed, uh, Lord our God, who's granted us life, sustained us, and enabled us to reach a season, recited at the advent of festivals at a fortuitous occasion when eating new fruit, wearing new clothing, or performing a mitzvah for the first time that season. All right, Kiddush is after the Shehechianu, and then you eat the round challah and honey after hand washing and mozi. And then you have the apple and honey after challah. And then you can have your fish head and symbolic foods after challah. Okay. And so there's a guide in here of a Rosh Hashanah meal, which includes, uh, we could cover it possibly if we have time, but uh, it's going to be pretty easy to find um, on Chabad or other websites. Just traditional Rosh Hashanah meal with symbolism. You could do that kind of search. And it's very interesting. I've been, uh, had the... Privilege of doing it at least once. Okay, so ideally at morning services, you will hear the shofar. Uh, if the first day does not fall on a Shabbat, uh, most synagogues will not blow, any synagogue really is not going to blow a shofar on Shabbat because it's one of the carrying a shofar and blowing a shofar are among the 39 prohibited uh, actions on Shabbat. Shabbat has a higher sanctity because it's a picture and a symbol uh, and, and rehearsal for the great day of the Lord in the future. So God wants us to completely rest and completely be unfettered by any kind of work. And carrying a shofar, blowing a shofar is considered work. So Kiddush, you do on, day, uh, on the morning of Rosh Hashanah before lunch, after hand washing. And then you have a brief prayer at the water when you do what's called Tashlich. Tashlich, uh, we may not have time to go fully into it, but it's a riverside ritual of atonement on Rosh Hashanah. And there are some prayers that I'm going to try to cover uh, maybe tomorrow, if not in this episode. But T, like Tango, A-S, Sam, H, like Hotel, L, like Lima, I, like India, C, like Charlie, H, like Hotel, Tashlich is a really beautiful service where you throw bread in the water. Tashlik means casting or throwing. So you're sending or sending comes from the Hebrew root shin la minchet, which means to cast or send. And uh, tashlik is, um, it, it comes from, uh, I believe it's Micah 6. And um, let's do real quick. Cast your bread upon the waters for after many days it will return to you. Let's see, Micah 6, Mika, and it's at the last part. I think it's the last, let's see. Okay, it's the last chapter of Micah, I apologize. Not Micah 6, Micah 8, I believe. Oh, doing this from memory. Okay, that's Nahum, no. Let's see if I'm right here. Um, 
Micah 6. Oh, it's a longer chapter. Yeah, okay, here it is. Um, okay, no. I take it back. I apologize. It is part of the Tashlik teaching that I've heard, but let me get out of this window so I can read the whole thing. This is from Micah 7, verse 18. We'll start with uh, 16, 17, okay, 18. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You will be faithful to Yaakov and show love to Abraham. Well, why doesn't it mention Isaac? As you pledged on oath to our ancestors in days long ago. Okay, so I believe that word in Hebrew is her, uh, Tashli, hurl. So let's go to the Orthodox Jewish Bible and check it out okay uh yep tashlich you will cast throw all their sins into the depths of the sea and the idea is that fish um, have eyes that are ever watchful because they don't have eyelids so they're always watching and they see our pain they see our sin in the form of bread that's thrown in the water is just like the lord um sees our, our sin and our pain and forgives us when we cast it away from us, never to be seen again. Because we love we live on the earth. We're above on the land and the the sin is buried. Sin is buried uh, in the water. Cast your bread upon the waters. Okay, so that verse is from let's see a different place, I believe that is going to be, oh, Ecclesiastes, right. Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1. cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind or the spirit will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if that word wind is spirit, but it could be another word. But uh, I, I believe what it's really saying is that in the beginning there, cast your bread upon the waters where you find after many days. The more uh, sin that we unload and share with people that we can trust to be vulnerable with, they're going to bear that burden for us, and it's going to draw us closer to them. Because you don't know what, what disaster, what surus, what, what troubles may befall you and when you're going to need friends or where they're going to need you. So the other thing is cast your bread. Well, bread also has in it the essence of prosperity. It took work to make. It came from the ground. It's a picture of Yeshua, the Messiah, as he was born in Beit Lechem, the house of bread. So you're giving Yeshua in the form of your truth, your offering of your heart, of your life. You're giving, maybe you literally give prosperity, you know. Upon, by the spirit upon the waters you know for you will find it after many days after six thousand years like we were just talking about so our lives are to be constantly casting our bread casting our prosperity where where possible to others by the spirit and give a portion to seven or even to eight wasn't that interesting that there are six days of the week and a seventh which is 
symbolic of the day of the Lord. So it's saying, give a portion to all seven, plant into the kingdom, plant here on earth, the kingdom, sow for spirituality, sow for, for love, kindness, joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, mercy, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the spirit found in Galatians 5, and give a portion to all seven days, all 6,000 years, and the seventh day, the 7,000, the, the, the millennium, and even to the eighth, even beyond the natural which in Judaism is how they see it. Eight is, is in Christianity, they talk about a new beginning and that's nice. I'm not going to, I mean, that, I, I'm not, uh, I'm, I support that idea, but I think there's more in Judaism. There's more to eight. You have uh, um, a, inf, an infinite, an idea of infinity, but also what's beyond nature, what's beyond seven, what's even supernatural. And the eighth day should also remind us, for instance, of the circumcision of the flesh. That's when uh, male babies are circumcised on the eighth day. And the word in Hebrew for eight is shmone. Uh, and we have, um, there's a tie-in with the word shemen, which means oil. So I can't get into that. That's beyond the scope of this. So let's go back. Just wanted to show you where Tashleaf came from. I didn't mean to get off onto the whole thing. And that probably deserves a brief podcast of its own. So Rosh Hashanah greetings. Greetings for this year. The catch-all greeting is Shana Tova, which means a good year. So we'll just leave it at that. You can also say Shana Tova Ummetuka or Umtuka, which means a good and sweet year to you. All right, so there's a full guide to Rosh Hashanah greetings on Chabad, uh, Chabad's website. What do we do the day before? On Sunday, September 25th, prepare for the holiday. After morning services, which includes Slichot prayers for unforgiveness, men participate in the Hatarat Nedarim, annulment of unwanted vows. Since this outgoing year is a Shemitah or sabbatical year, when all interpersonal loans are canceled, many perform a procedure known as Prusbul, giving all debts owed to us to the Beit Din, an ecclesiastical court. This is done together with the Hatarat Nedarim. Alternatively, you can fill out this online form to effect a prusbul in a matter of seconds. I have never heard of that. I do not know anything about that. This is all new to me. All right, but I did know this was a Shemitah year that we were in and that it is possible, and there's a lot on YouTube about it and probably other places online, that they lost count of the jubilee years, I believe. So we don't know if we're coming into a jubilee year or not, but it is definitely possible that we are. So uh, may we cook and bake on the holiday. If you observe restrictions on cooking and baking, then this is for you. Since Rosh Hashanah does not coincide with Shabbat this year, you can leave things to be cooked, baked, or reheated over a pre-existing flame with the same restrictions that apply to all holidays that are not Shabbat. There's an article here called Laws of Yom Tov. Yom Tov is a holiday. Holidays do not have the same restrictions as Shabbat. They are, uh, there's more you can do as we just saw. Like there's certain cooking and heating and reheating that you can do on a Yom Tov if you're Shomer Shabbos. When to light candles on Rosh Hashanah 2022. We light candles each evening on Rosh Hashanah, Sunday, September 25th, and before sundown, and then Monday, September 26th, before nightfall. Uh, from a pre-existing flame. All right. How is Rosh Hashanah, Erev, or Erev Rosh Hashanah, 
observed, meaning Rosh Hashanah in the evening. Uh, the Rosh Hashanah synagogue services are all in the Machzor, M-A-C-H-Z-O-R, a special prayer book for the holidays. Um, the holiday evening synagogue services are fairly brief, shorter than an ordinary Shabbat, since there is no Kabbalat Shabbat with a special holiday, Amidah. After services on the first night, we greet one another with Lashana Tovah, Tikatev, Vatechatem, when greeting a female, this is modified to Lashana Tovah, Tikatevi, Vatechatmi. So Lashana Tovah, Tekatvi, Tekatvi, Vatechamti. That's a better pronunciation. This means may you be written and sealed for a good year. Excuse me. Our festive meal begins with the Rosh Hashanah Kiddush, enjoying challah dipped in honey and the symbolic foods, expressing our wish for a good sweet year, apple and honey, fish head, pomegranate, etc. When and how to dip the apple in honey. Apple and honey is a tasty snack. You are free to enjoy whenever you wish. The most common custom is to eat it on the first night of Rosh Hashanah after we have washed our hands and had our round challah dipped in honey. Before eating the apple, say, Baruch Atah. Adoshem Eloheinu Okay, so I didn't say Adonai because I don't have an apple. I'm not eating fruit, so I don't want to actually say the blessing. So I modified it to say Adoshem, A-D-O-S-H-E-M, which is just an abbreviated form of Adonai, um, which, you know, in observant, like, for instance, conservative Orthodox Judaism, um, that's just how you teach a blessing without actually saying it, because if you say the blessing, you need to be doing the action. Okay, and then you say um, this one, and I do wish this to you, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. May it be your will to renew for us a good and sweet year. It's harder for me to read a transliteration than the actual Hebrew, and they don't have the actual Hebrew here. They have a transliteration. So I was trying to make sure that I said it right based on what the Hebrew is supposed to be. All right. And then you then enjoy your head of a fish, uh, pomegranates, carrots, and all the other symbolic foods. It says here you can also have ram. I'm assuming that means like meat from a male lamb. Um, and I'm guessing that's because uh, we read the Akedah, uh, Genesis 22, about Abraham offering Yitzchak as a as a offering to God, and then the ram caught in the thicket replaced him. So that's the only connection I could think of to a ram, and why we might uh, why traditional Rosh Hashanah dinner might have ram, which I've never heard of anybody. I guess you know the uh, male lamb. Um, all right, so when to do Tashlik in 22? Tashlik, in which we stand near a body of water and ask God to cast our sins away, is done in the late afternoon on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, September 26, 2022, Monday. You can print the text of Tashlik here in advance. Okay, well, let's go ahead and open that. I don't think we're going to go into that, but there is a series of prayers here, it looks like. Okay, nope. Not much there. Just a description on where to find a little description about body of water and such. Okay, so moving on from that. All right, so back to our 
FAQ for Rosh Hashanah. We're almost finished. Okay, what happens on the second day? The second night of Rosh Hashanah, Monday 26th, includes the following elements. Prayer service at the synagogue, just like night number one. Holiday candles from a pre-existing flame, if you're Shomer Shabbos, after night has fallen, with the added blessing of Shehechianu. Kiddush over wine with Shehechianu, if you did not say it, when lighting candles. A new fruit, enjoyed immediately after Kiddush. And around challah, often studied with raisins, a festive meal, all of which must be prepared after night has fallen, if you're Shomer Shabbos. And it typically does not include apples and honey, a fish head, and other symbolic foods that we enjoyed the night before. Services on the second day of Rosh Hashanah are very similar to the day before, except that the Torah reading and Haftarah are different. Instead of reading about the births of Isaac and Samuel, we read about the binding of Isaac and God's love for us, and certain piyutim and the repetition of the Amidah are changed. If you said Tashlik yesterday, do not say it again. All right. When and how do you make Havdalah? Havdalah, separation between the secular and the holiday. Uh, so this would be uh, at the end of Tuesday evening as the sun goes down on Tuesday night. Havdalah, the ceremonial send-off for the holiday, is said after night has fallen on Tuesday, September 27, 2022. Unlike the post-Shabbat Havdalah, we do not say a blessing over a flame or fragrant spices. Rather, we say the basic text while holding a cup of wine, which we drink afterwards. All right, that completes our Rosh Hashanah FAQ for 2022. Shana And next year, Bashana Habaal Shalim. I know that's usually only said at Pesach, but I'm going to say it anyway. And may you be blessed and encouraged. Happy, happy, joyful. Biblical New Year 5783. May this be the most successful Rosh Hashanah of your entire life to date. And may you be included in the Techiyat Metim Shel Yeshua, the resurrection of the dead of Yeshua. May he come speedily, swiftly, and collect us in the air soon and in our days, if not this year, next year. And May you be blessed and encouraged. We never like to end any broadcast without inviting you to make Yeshua the salvation, which is what his name means of your life and of your eternal life. I'll just read this passage. I haven't read it in a while. This is from John 3. Yeshua teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Yeshua at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Yeshua replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the Malchut Shemaim, the kingdom of God, unless they are born again. Molad or Nolad Sheni, which is a new moon term or phrase, by the way. So more, like, more than likely he was teaching him this at the new moon. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Yeshua answered, but emet, in truth, I tell you, no one can enter the Malchut Shemayim unless the kingdom of God, unless they are born of water and of the Ruach, the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You shall not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. The Spirit, the wind, blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Which sounds very much like what we just read in Ecclesiastes 11. 
How can this be, Nicodemus asked? You are Israel's teacher, said Yeshua, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, but Emet, in truth I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, which is also new moon terminology, by the way. The new moon witnesses had to testify and they were grilled and they were questioned over and over and they had to be of high moral fiber and character and it couldn't just be anybody that testified to the new moon and they had a series of or they had a, a system of witnesses and people would come in and they would ask him lots of questions and this this sounds like he's almost like he could be alluding to that process and which would make sense if they're talking in darkness because at that time they didn't have electricity obviously so if he wanted to be concealed at night and come speak to him uh, to Yeshua and not be recognized as a leader of you know the the Jewish as a leader within the Jewish leadership, then he would come at night, and the new moon would make it convenient because it would be dark out. So, uh, let's see. Back to verse twelve. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man, Ben Adam. Just as Moshe lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict, more court terminology. Light, or, has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that So that whoever, oh, sorry, I lost my place. And my recorder timed me out. So this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And then after this, Yeshua and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and immersed. Now, Yochanan also was immersing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being immersed. So this is fantastic. He's talking about to Nicodemus about being born again from above, just like the new moon is. The new moon is called born again in Jude Jewish literature. And Jewish commentary, they talk about the moon being reborn every month. And that's what Yeshua is teaching him about, okay? And, and he's talking in new moon terminology, new moon uh, legal terminology about uh, uh, questioning the witnesses and so forth and so on. And the, the moon gets reborn every month uh, 12 times a year to, to renew each tribe, friends. That's why they're 12 months. They match with the 12 tribes. So anyway, let me invite you to immerse yourself. Go and find water at this point in time. Even if you're already a believer in Yeshua, go find living water. Even if it's a pool that's not, you know, a, a, a 
correct, completely correct mikvah. But mikvah is a body of water that's moving, natural. So a river, a stream where you can go all the way under, um, a lake, uh, go find one and enjoy and, and just ask God to speak to you. Immerse and, you know, hold your breath and pray and just take time to be with God in a beautiful place in nature. Renew your connection. And if you have not made Yeshua the Messiah of your life and the author of your salvation, do it now. Do it now. Don't wait. Give up your dead and old deeds and works that you know you must stop and that you must give up. They're holding you back, friends. They're holding you back. If you're in this boat, they're holding you back. You've made a prison of your own design. And the gate is open. The lock is unlocked. You are your own worst enemy often. God forbid. But we are. We are. So friends, open the gate. Walk out. Don't look back. Ask the Lord to be your Lord, the God of your life, and give him your decisions. Find water. Immerse. It's not essential for salvation. It's not it's not a salvation uh, uh, manda uh, mandate, but it is symbolic, it is useful, it is helpful, and it's beautiful. It is an amazing experience, whether you do it with your spouse, family, a friend, um, or just alone. So be encouraged, be well, and immerse yourself, if nothing else, in the Word. Immerse yourself in the Word of God, because that is the true water, living water of eternal life. Yeshua is our Messiah, and may we see you soon and in the air, whether it be this year or another year, at Rosh Hashanah, at whatever time, date, and hour the Lord prescribes. Be blessed. Shalom. Thank you.